It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is going to be the first road trip of the year, not only for the Philadelphia Eagles, but also if you're uh, joining the uh, folks over at Fans of Philly and having a good time down in Atlanta and you want to know where Elliot Shore Parks is, well, shout him a holler at Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, you pumped to go to Atlanta or what, man? I'm very pumped. It's the only stadium I've been really looking forward to going to. Uh, I've seen the Cowboys Stadium, haven't, haven't seen the Falcons one, wasn't able to go to the Super Bowl last year. Unfortunately, because Eagles weren't there. So uh, I'm pumped to get down there and see it and hang out with all the fans of Philly uh, people. Yeah. And uh, what? No Chick-fil-A on Sundays at uh, Mercedes-Benz, right? That's still. Although I believe they do give it to the media. I could be wrong, but I've seen some pictures from media members that makes me think they break that rule. But we'll see. I'll let you guys know. James Seltzer, he's uh, as good looking as he is tired. What's going on, man? I'm worried I might have mono, guys. <laughs> I'm so tired. I, I know that's a thing that's going around. Uh, you and Sam Darnold, huh? You know, so I'm worried I might have mono. Uh, yeah, so just a, just a you know, look ahead there. Looks like uh, you're going to get freaking, what, Luke Falk? No, Trevor Simeon, man. No, no. Does they, uh, Schefter corrected it immediately. He goes, actually, it's going to be Luke Falk tonight, Thursday night, when we're recording this. And They're not playing tonight. Uh, They're playing Monday night. Monday night is what I'm, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, Trevor it's Simeon. Simeon. It's, it's, it's everyone Simeon. said it's Simeon. I'm pretty sure it's Simeon. Really? Falk's oh, yeah. going to be the backup. Falk's the backup, yeah. Well, uh, that I read Twitter way too quickly. Yeah. Forgot who was actually playing Forgot the night they were playing, yeah. <laughs> Either way. It's Monday uh, night, baby. Going to get a little bit of a break on uh, on uh, yeah week four when the week Eagles- five. What is it? What is wrong? With I don't me know. Today? Get it together. You know Parchard. what? Just the podcast is over. How about that? <laughs> uh, but we, uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel about Atlanta themselves. I mean, look, if uh, if you look at that Vikings game, it was probably the worst performance I've ever seen out of a Falcons team ever since Dan Quinn has been a, a part of it. And maybe some Falcons fans can remind me of some other debacles there. But like, I, uh, to me, this is. This should be easier than Washington's offensive line. Like, it's 
crazy bad how bad Jake Matthews was, their left tackle, just a turnstile the entire game. They had two rookies that were starting on the uh, on the right hand side between them and the you know the right guard and right tackle. Uh, their right guard actually broke his broke his leg, so you're already at replacement level for them. I feel like the Falcons have always tried to like have this. Uh, this decent offensive line that they're trying to keep tackling and, and 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 putting on top of like more bodies and more bodies and it just it never really seems to work out. But all that being said, and like listen, Dirk Cutter had the worst press conference of all time post game, and it, it, the, the, their offense looks exactly like Sark is still here. A lot of their goal line uh, packages look exactly the same. Uh, Matt Ryan, whose face I hate, and I just want to punch for no reason. I just they don't. They didn't look ready. They didn't look together at all. And maybe people just want to chalk that up to like, well, Minnesota's got a great defense and whatever. But all that being said, uh, James, I don't think the Eagles are going to win this football game. Oh that's no, my, that's my what feeling. What was that? You just I, said how bad Atlanta is, and then you're like, it's they're so bad. Look, but, but it can't be that bad, right? We'll get to what I think about this game when we get to the picks right. a little bit later in terms of win loss, but. I do think that, look, I, I think we'll see a different Atlanta team in week two than the Minnesota Vikings saw in week one. There's a team that, look, you can't go 0-2. 0-2 is really tough in this, in this league to come back from. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be at home. It's their home opener. I think the Eagles are a more talented football team, though, and obviously I thought that going in. And I think what we saw in week one should worry Falcons fans. They were really bad. And really bad. Yeah. Doug, and on the other side of the ball, talked a lot about the offensive line, their struggles on offense, but defensively, you know, they got a bunch of guys back. Deion Jones is back, Keanu Neal's back and all that, and they look just as horrendous as when those guys were there. They're small, they're fast, but they're small, and you can beat up on these guys. Minnesota showed it. Minnesota smash mouth footballed them. Where's Mike Malarkey when you need him? That's what they did, though. They threw 10 pass plays the entire game. They ran all over them. This Atlanta defense is susceptible to offensive lines that are big and tough and strong, and that sounds like an offensive line that I know. Yes. My line. My uh, boys. The body <laughs> issue. Go get them. Yeah, everybody put a uh, a bird's mask in front of their junk, and let's go, let's go, you know, put the women and children to bed and go hunting for dinner or whatever it is. But, uh, E, I know you kind of feel the same way about this, too. What makes you kind of just you're not, you're not as confident, even though, you know, we clearly saw that Atlanta was, was struggling mightily in, in Minnesota last week? Yeah, so when the schedule first came out and I saw week one was Washington, I was like, that's an absolute blowout. And as the game got closer, I thought, you know, maybe not. This has kind of been the exact opposite. When the schedule came out, I was like, there is no way the Eagles are winning this game. But after watching the Falcons last week and seeing the Eagles last week, I think this game is really close. I'm, I'm leaning Eagles, but I, I'm not 100% sure what they had. Obviously, we'll do our picks at the end. Um, the Eagles are just better than the Falcons in every single way. They're, I don't think there's maybe a unit on the Falcons that's better than the Eagles. You could argue quarterback if you wanted to do the longevity of, of Matt Ryan. But with how Carson played in the second half, I think that's certainly debatable. Uh, the thing that worries me is – we haven't seen Carson go on the road and beat good teams. He just hasn't. Uh, I went and looked at his track record. And if you want to include his rookie year, which I don't think is fair, but I'll give you both numbers. If you include his rookie year, he's 4-10 and 10 against teams on the road to finish the season with a winning record. And then if you take away his rookie year, he's something like like 3-5 and five maybe. So Does that include on the Rams the game, by the way, the one that he didn't finish? So I did include that one, okay. even though I, was just I personally don't think we should. But I, I, knew you I guys would include would, it. So. Yeah, I would. That's why I asked. I, right. No, I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah. So I so the four and ten does include that. Um, 
And I just think last year, every week when we would talk about it on the pod or the radio, we would say, you know what, like this is this is the game they're going to really put it together and they're going to go into a big spot and win. And like he got blown out in New Orleans. He was really bad against Dallas for most of the game. I just need to see Carson go into Atlanta, play really well and win. I've really only seen him do it once in his career, and I would argue that was Carolina. Uh, so that's my biggest concern. I think that the Eagles' defense is probably going to give up more points than you would want them to, but the offense is capable of winning a shootout. Like They should be able to win this game a legitimate 32-27, to 27, not like last week when they scored that last-minute touchdown. I, I think like you should see the offense put up a ton of points. Yeah, so do I. I thought Carson actually said something pretty interesting this week uh, in terms of like how do you attack the Atlanta Falcons? And, you know, he was just kind of going through the differences between having Deshaun and Washington and how you go against them. And this is this is typical like a cover three team. It's a lot what, you know, Seattle does, except it just, you know, it has a lot less talent on it. It's the same kind of system that goes there. And uh, this is, to me, is not going to be a Deshaun game. This is finally what we're all going to, you know, have been hoping and praying for his, we're going to see a lot of both tight ends out there. And this is, I think is probably more arts than it is Goddard in this sense, but tight end seams are always open in, in this. That's the kind of the, the point of emphasis when you're attacking these guys, you know, large dig routes, crossers, stuff like that. This is a middle of the field game where they barely even did that. I mean, they didn't even look Zach Hurts' way against Washington and whether that was just by what the defense was giving them or whatever. And Carson even mentioned, like, these are teams that just try and make you dink and dunk against them that go against those those deep passes. I'm not exactly sure Atlanta can can do that, you know, either too. So uh, a lot of wheel root concepts and things like that where you're going to see a lot of – I think this is running backs and tight ends. I think Miles Sanders, everybody goes, wow, uh, in this one. I, I think it's really in between uh, both of those guys. And even saying then, like, I just feel like this is – that is not what Atlanta's going to put – you know, uh, put up in there. It's basically a desperation game for a lot of those people that, you know, don't want to start 0-2. And I just, I'm going on the premise that I don't think Atlanta is going to play as bad as they showed against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, And that's pretty much it. This is why week two is always the hardest one. And they're still like in the back of my mind, I go, yeah, when Jonathan Allen left that game, the entire game kind of changed. And it's a little different here in terms of, you know, the, the Falcons really don't have a lot of depth behind their guys either. But I would say it's a more talented fronted group uh, than uh, than they kind of get credit for here. So that's why I'm still just kind of sitting out here waiting for waiting for that next shoe to drop. And maybe it is because of Carson and, and on the road. And, and there's things that are I'm thinking from last season, even though he's healthy, he looks completely different here, James and. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just I have a feeling that this isn't going to go the way we all think it's going to go. Uh, look, I'm not I, I, Elliot. There are fair points to bring up. Uh, you know, these are the things you look at. It's fair. I'm not worried about Carson on the road. I think that's been more circumstance and situation than Carson can't do it. I, I have yeah. faith on him going on the road. And again, I know that Elliot is hesitant to include that Rams game, but did. But Carson Wentz was outstanding yes, for three phenomenal. quarters in that game on the road in a huge game against a really good football team. So I don't think it's a he can't do it or I need to see him do it. I know he can do it, and I think he will do it. I, look, I think the biggest issue for me, like you mentioned, is is an Atlanta team that is more motivated. I say it all the time. I've said for years that NFL football is the 
only sport, the the at least the biggest sport where wanting it more can actually change the outcome of a game. Like in baseball, wanting it more, it doesn't really matter. If a pitcher's <laughs> got it, he's got it, and you're not going to hit it. It doesn't matter how bad you want to hit it, you're not going to hit it. Football, it can matter. If a group of guys just wants it more, if they have more energy, more fight, more passion, more execution, all that stuff, you can win the game because of that, especially when it's somewhat evenly matched type of team. So the wanting it more factor, the needing it more factor worries me, but... I still think the Eagles are a better football team, and it feels like the type of game, schedulely speaking, that the Eagles usually lose, and I think that that kind of makes us think that they're going to lose when I don't know if they're going to. Yeah, and if they don't... A, like, a, concern, oh yeah, a concern I would have, too, is... So we all agree the Falcons' offensive line is really bad. I mean, we saw that against the Vikings, and they're just they're not really good right now. But when's the last time we went into an Eagles game saying okay, it's a bad offensive line, but we're not sure the defensive line can take advantage of it. I mean, like, for three or four years now, I guess not including the final year of Chip, but definitely the last three years, we've every time the Eagles play a team with a bad offensive line, you go, all right, well, they're going to win because this Eagles defensive line is just going to demolish the other quarterback. I'm not sure if I feel confident in that. And it got me thinking, like, how he says he values the defensive line. But when you look at this year's roster, he didn't value it. I mean, the Eagles, the, the the draft picks he's used over the last three years on defensive linemen, a seventh, a first, a sixth, and two fourths. So he hasn't invested a ton of draft capital in them. Uh, there's something like 15th in the league in cap dollars allocated to the defensive line. So they just don't have the defensive line they used to have. Fletcher Cox is good enough that he could change all that. But yeah, the Falcons offensive line is bad, but I... I don't think we should be so sure that the Eagles' defensive line is going to go in there and just dominate. Well, and, and kind of to what our discussion was in the last pod, and certainly want to get James's thoughts on the secondary situation here in a second, but that's that's how I kind of feel too. Like there's just they're missing they're missing a lot of that. This is this is the guy or the the confidence to go. You know, just like he was saying. Um, you can rip through every single time and there's going to be a play to be made there, which I'm still as sure coming. I think it's more sea legs than anything with this particular D-line. Uh, but I, I tend to think that it's just a lot harder to do in Jim Schwartz's system because it's four guys and it's only going to be four guys and maybe there's a fifth that gets thrown in there. But this is the time to kind of like, if you've got a weak offensive line, get confidence somehow in your defense early where you know you're just kind of ripping through guys with sending five sending six even if it's the boring ass like double a uh double a gap blitz that you know they kind of know is coming from a mile away stuff like that is is what i think jim schwartz needs to go and do here as opposed to just doing the same old same old because if he wants to instill confidence in his corners to go and get there uh, and, and you know, cover for that extra half a second or play a little bit. I just think that that's that's the part that's missing, particularly to East Point when it is a, a weaker offensive line. It doesn't seem like they 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 end up dominating those those situations there, James. Well, they did blitz more against Washington. I think yeah. that a lot of people expected them to. Look, I'm a. I think Jim Schwartz gets way too derided in this town. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. He's done a really good job here. 
and people just hate the guy. It's unbelievable. One of the main narratives we've heard this week is it's Jim Schwartz's fault. No idea how that's possible, but <laughs> I think Jim Schwartz is a really good defensive coordinator. I think he understands the personnel he has, and I, I'm not as worried. Look, for me, the worries on the D-line come from losing Malik Jackson. That's it. Yeah, Otherwise, I have faith in the rest of this D-line. I think Derek Barnett will take a step forward this year. I liked what I saw from him against Washington. I, look, I'm not as worried about the defensive line, but again, the Malik Jackson injury is the one that that makes me a little bit of worry there. But I think ultimately, look, Fletcher Cox obviously needs to get back to being Fletcher Cox, and that's going to cure a lot of woes along that line. It's definitely not as deep. The depth is the issue. When you lose Mal- Malik Jackson, you don't have Chris Long oh, back. Oh, you it's just jinxed us those so guys bad. You- with you were about to say Malcolm Jenkins almost slipped out of your mouth? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no. No, it wasn't. Sure. No. Why would I say Malcolm Jenkins? Because <laughs> well, it sounded no, like No, I Malik just messed Lodge. up no. Ma- Malika okay. Jackson. Malika ja- I was going to say Ma- Malcolm Jackson or whatever. I don't know what I was going to say. So I think at this point, Barchard, the one that jinxed Yeah, way to go. If, if Barchard. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ears. So Appreciate I'm not, it. I'm not as, I think they'll figure it out on the line. I'm not as worried. I, it's not the same type of strength that it used to be, but I think the line is absolutely good enough to win games. Here's what I think, too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, just, just really quick, like I, I agree the depth the depth is obviously an issue, but I think sometimes that makes us overlook the fact that the starters are an issue as well. I mean, they played a, re- a really bad Washington offensive line last but week. But it was one game. Going- it was the first game of the season. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this narrative that off of one game that, oh, the defensive line is horrible. I mean, Fletcher Cox is going to be way better. Brandon Graham's going to be better. Derek Barnett's going to be better. Jernigan looked all right. Like, I don't know. I, I, again, good. I think the Jackson injury sucks. But I think to say that they played this bad Washington O-line and they weren't great in the very first game of the season, especially when the first half was clearly rust, I don't know. Like I'm willing to give them more time than to say, oh, they weren't great against Washington, so the starters suck. I still believe in Brandon Graham. I still believe in Derek Barnett. I still believe in Fletcher Cox. I'm not saying the starters suck. I'm just saying going to in, into Atlanta, you can't say... Like, okay, this defensive line is going to dominate. Like, maybe they will, but this is the first time in a long time they've faced an offensive line that's bad where you can't say that's the difference in the game. Like, there is, I would not be surprised if when, when you when we're recording the post game on Sunday night, we're saying, where was the pressure? And against that offensive line, we shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, and we'll just have to, I mean, that's a, that's a wait and see on that. But I would say to your point, James, I think people are saying that about the secondary, and they're they're already done with them, and that that's the most surprising thing to me. It's just like you planted all these damn flags, and now everybody's like, "Yeah, they're all terrible." But here is here's why I think the Eagles need Jalen Mills so badly. It's not even really in 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 terms of like play, because clearly there's there's going to be better than Jalen Mills. But for this team, I don't feel like this secondary is mentally tough at all. And it doesn't have any confidence in it at it in themselves. Like we we do this all the time, where it's like, man, Sydney looks really good, Razul looks really do it good. Uh, you know, Avante Maddox has looked fantastic, and then the next thing you know, something bad happens, and then they kind of fall apart a little bit. Jalen doesn't I, do that. They, like Jalen just keeps year, going. Though I mean, if the last year they showed a lot of mental toughness. I mean, after that Saints game, that's the type of situation where you fold up and you give up. And they didn't. They fought back. They became a really good secondary. A lot of those guys who I mean, Rasul was 
horrendous in the Saints game. Avante yeah. Maddox was bad in the Saints game. All those guys got burned. I think there's mental toughness here. Again, I think this is going back to one game. One game. We can't look at the secondary <laughs> that we felt so good about heading into the season after one game. I still feel good the about The first it. game of the season where, they again, a lot of these guys didn't get any sort of real action in the preseason. I don't know. Like, I... I'm not overreacting to one game is my point. I'm not. See, but I, I don't think we're overreacting. Like Sidney Jones was bad last year. He should have gotten burned for a long touchdown. I ref, I defend Rasul Douglas more than most, but he's a guy that, that has issues with speed. He got burned for a long touchdown. Avante Maddox, I personally think regressed as the season went on. And if Cody Parkey makes that kick against the Bears, then the narrative around Avante is very different because he got beat very badly in that Chicago game. So, yes, it's one game. You can say that with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham because they're proven guys. But for players that have struggled, to see them struggle in one game, it's not just one game. This is a continuation of what we have seen from those guys. Yeah, and that's kind of I, – I don't know if I – I'm, I'm kind of, again, like in the middle uh, between you guys. I do think it is like – you know, and especially on some of those, like this is the the thing that killed and continues to kill that secondary. Uh, also, happens to be like Ronald Darby and those drop back, kickback things that they do, and that's why you know partly because Rasul is is hanging out with his ass, and there's Terry going in for a touchdown is because somebody's supposed to be back there twice. That's on on both occasions. That's supposed to be Darby coming back as McLeod's going up and and that's what i mean in terms of the mentality too it doesn't seem like these guys ever understand where they're supposing to be you know and that's that's, well, that's coaching trub- that's i think troubling that's not so me. much mentality that's coaching but is it or is it that's why i'm saying well, like, i think I, that's coaching yeah I, I can't tell the difference in between a lot but of again, that it keeps happening uh, well it didn't happen over the second half of last season it happened early on and then the last five six games it didn't happen so Again, I'm willing to give them a chance to iron out some kinks. And that that's where I'm coming from. Again, I'm not overreacting to anything I saw in that Washington game. I'm just not. Honestly, I think the way the NFL is right now, it's hard to overreact to the first month of the season. Yeah. It, it's just a different brand of football than we're going to see later in the season. So I, I just don't have the same worry there. And I certainly don't have a worry about mental toughness. I, I don't think that's an issue at all. Yeah, but... but- but like you're talking about overreacting and I don't think me and Barchard are saying like cut all the cornerbacks and the defense is trash, but (laughs) it's not like Jason Kelsey struggled in week one, right? I mean, these are players that it was fair to have legitimate questions about going into the season, and they struggled. Well, so no, this no, isn't no, no, no. We an were, all-pro look, guy. Sidney Jones, absolutely. But, like, I mean, even you said Rasul Douglas is the best cornerback on this team heading into the season. You believed in him. I, I did believe in him. Right. right. So one game, on gonna, one game is going to one game is going to change your opinion of him. That's my point. One game. One game. Right. A game where he didn't play much in the preseason. He's going against Washington. You're just saying, all right, yeah, he stinks. I mean, that's my point. Like, I think, <laughs> well, I, think you guys I didn't are, say that. Right. But my point is that if you believed in him before the Washington game, I think you should. It's crazy to not believe in him because of that one game. Is my point. See, but I think it's crazy to ignore what you saw. Like they, they, they played a Washington team that we all agreed going in was really bad, and they made that Washington offense for a half. A half. And, yeah, it was but the they were a bad I, half. They didn't yeah, play in the yeah, preseason. So- what do you expect? But Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones did play in the preseason. Avante Maddox did, did play too. in the preseason. Yeah. Like, if you want to say Derek Barnett, Well, they fine, didn't play with their whole team out there, though. There's a difference when you have your whole secondary out there, when you guys are playing together and you're communicating and all that type of stuff. I, I don't know. Well, the whole secondary did play. I mean, I'm pretty sure Rodney played. Not so a e- lot, though. Played. The point is not... We're talking a full game. Did they play a full game? I don't no, think Rodney so. Rodney together. Yeah, like, I don't think My, my no, point no is, like, substantial... Right, right. So, I'm. Uh, that's my point. I think the entire NFL 
is a little bit behind at the start of the season. I'm not going to overreact to week one. I do think you're overreacting. If you believed in Rasul Douglas before week one, I think you should still believe in Rasul Douglas after week one. I, I, I don't not believe in Rasul anymore. I'm just saying that what we saw in week one is worrisome when you're saying you're going into an Atlanta game where I'm not sure the defensive line will get pressure and the Falcons have a very good set of starting receivers, way better than Washington. Now, look, yeah. maybe in week eight we'll be sitting here and saying those Washington receivers are way better than we thought. It's it's possible. But the secondary is going against a much better offense this week. And it, it's definitely concerning. It doesn't mean I don't believe in Rasul anymore, but just realistically going into this Atlanta game, how can I say that I think Rasul, Sidney Jones, Ronald Darby, if forced to, are going to be able to win matchups consistently one-on-one against Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu? I just, I don't feel well, that Well, we way. don't know. And look, again, I'm saying I think it takes time for a team to be ready for the season. And Absolutely. it takes longer. I think, like Lewis Riddick tweeted, September's the new preseason. He's dead on. Like, that's what it is. Anything you see in the... I almost feel like anything you see in the first month of the season, you almost have to take with a bit of a grain of salt. Like, there are some things you can take away and things that will prove out over the course of the season, but I really think that you need to give every team in the NFL a month or so to really get going. And that's, yeah, which I, I'm totally willing to do. I'm not saying that, like, there needs to be a change or there has to... I, my point was how valuable Jalen Mills actually is to the secondary, despite what we think about him in his play. And to East point where I agree with him, we can say it's week one, but those are the same issues that Razul Douglas has had his entire career so far. The same with Sydney, even though it's in a smaller sample size and Avante, you know, we really don't know because he was thrown in the fire and, you know, has kind of been back and forth here, but this is more or less what I'm saying when we declare like who's best on the secondary, Oh, man, there's still Ronald Darby. <laughs> it's Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. Mills. It's Ronald Darby. It's Stop. Ja- but it's, it's one been of those, Ron- It's always been Ronald it's Darby. It's one of those two guys. And that's still Avante Maddox. You guys, are, yeah. you guys are way underrating Avante Maddox. That dude is awesome. He's going to no, be a really is. good player for this team for a long time. It didn't just turn both, terms. Both Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox are better than Ronald Darby. I, yeah, I just don't want to, this to turn into... Flyers goalie situation because that's what it really feels like to me. How many times have we talked about fucking corners on this team since 2011? You know, and like it's just continuing on. There's not like the same opening day starters. That's I just need that to change. I hope that gets solved. You know this uh, this season and certainly it's not like um, you're not talking about it's got to be solved in week two after the Falcons or anything either. But I just want it to be. Can can we just stay healthy and can somebody just please emerge from this group? Is uh, is what I'm hoping that uh, kind of happens here. But e- even that being said, like I, I, I if I feel like this is going to be a high scoring game. You know, like uh, I, I feel like this is this is ripe for for Carson. I really don't have as many concerns about him being on the road or or the offense. Really, like I think this is this is still one of the one of the better matchups for for that group. And um, would you say e that this is finally? And, and by the way, uh, thanks a lot NFL for clarifying that JJ Arthega Whiteside was not holding, and you took away Miles Sanders' fucking touchdown. My fantasy team and my fandom really appreciate that uh, to, to 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 bring that back. But honestly, would you e would you do the same thing here and just pound the football until Atlanta can't stop it and just take one out of uh, the Falcons play or the uh, Vikings playbook here? No, I would. I mean, I just don't look. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever written in my career was last year when I said they needed to establish the run against the Texans. <laughs> like, like just just go oh, out yeah, and throw that. the ball. Like, be who you are. Like, yeah. I, I think 
yeah, sure, run the ball maybe a little more, but I would rather just see them do screens. I mean, I thought the Falcons' defense was extremely susceptible to screams, screens against the Vikings. Like, I would like to see Miles Sanders out in space, Darren Sproles. But I, I want Carson Wentz throwing the ball 35-plus times against this, uh, against this Falcons' defense. I think, look, like, in the Dome especially, I just think this Eagles' offense should have no issue scoring the ball. And I'll also say that, Against the Vikings, like it was a bit of a unique situation because there was a blocked punt, and then I think Matt Ryan either fumbled it or had an interception. So the Vikings got set up in two very good scoring positions yeah. early on. But the Vikings gave up 14 points in the first quarter to the Falcons. I'm sorry, the Falcons Other gave up 14 yeah. first quarter points to the Vikings. And last year, the Falcons were one of the worst first quarter defenses in the NFL. So this Eagles offense, once again, no excuse not to have a quick start to the game. Like if they don't score a point in the first quarter, they'll be behind because I do think the Falcons will score score early. But the Eagles should be able to score 14 points in the first quarter. Uh, man, yeah, I'd like, well, that'd be that'd be a nice, refreshing change too. And that's kind of the other thing, I guess, that's hanging over Doug Peterson in, in the squad from eighteen is just you know getting ahead early, making sure they're on top, and then letting the defense just kind of tee off uh, when it uh, when it needs to happen. So, uh, yeah, like uh, Elliot was saying, we will. Well, first of all, you can uh, warm up with me and James in the afternoon. Well, actually, it starts in the morning because we'll be doing the Delaware Park fantasy and gambling show uh on uh facebook and or periscope on the go birds pod page at go birds pod you can follow us there then we'll be at uh, mayfair hey we're back for the uh, all the away games it's uh, right on the corner of frankfurt and cotman uh we'll be there uh, broadcasting and hanging out from one to three brent selick coming to brent hang Selleck's out with us gonna be there how about that oh ah, that's uh pretty cool that's pretty uh, that's, uh, that's a little bit of, uh, of an upgrade brent. already there so you go. Uh, and the real the realtor. Yeah, that's right. It's like, he's a realtor out. If you need a house, come hang out with us, Brent. There you go. <laughs> so uh, should be a, a fun warm up as you're kind of catching the uh, the early games, and then uh, me and he will have you for post game uh, at night. At some, whenever you know he writes that brilliant article of his after Doug Peterson's press conference, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. Let's, can we predict an Elliot headline? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Eagles route Falcons. No one saw it coming. Something like that. Uh, the season <laughs> is in hand now that Carson Wentz is one on the road. And I was How wrong about, this? about I was wrong. I Just I was wrong. Carson <laughs> Wentz is a Greek Way god. Way more specific. Yes. <laughs> Way more specific. Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Yes. Mea culpa. Oh, man. Yeah. Mea culpa has to be in the headline now yeah. if that happens. Well, what's interesting, James, is you say that what we see in the first month of the season doesn't matter at all. But you guys seem pretty excited about what you saw from Carson. Well, so I was already excited wins. coming in with Carson. Okay, so, all right. yeah, all right. you know that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, gentlemen, for the very first time of the season, it's time for the picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The picks, of course, brought to you by the Casino at Delaware Park, where you can watch and wager on all of these games that we are talking about, including all the college action that they have lined up for Saturday. The Casino at Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play, James, but... You don't have to be 21 to watch! Well, let's roll on down to that beautiful burden of... Uh, of uh I don't know. Is it? What do they say about Irving, Texas? I have no idea. They say it sucks. It sucks. But uh, what sucks worse is that Washington gets to come on in there and uh, and say hello to those Dallas Cowboys 
Oh no, sorry, I haven't flipped. My bad. I, I, what is wrong with me today? You're I'm, a I'm mess, missing weeks. Man. I'm missing. It's in Washington as Dallas travels. In Dallas, uh, opened at seven. It's now down to five and a half. Really? And uh, I think that's a little, that's a little interesting. But what say you, James Seltzer? As Dallas travels to Washington as a uh, pretty heavy favorite. Uh, <laughs> That's what I say. I think they went by more than five and a half. Um, I I do too. Uh, Elliot, I'm sure you're taking the Cowboys as well. Oh, yeah, he loves them. How could he not? Yeah, well, obviously. Anytime you get a chance to pick Dak, you got to do it. But, I mean, look, Darius Geis being out certainly impacts this. I would say they they cover. Yeah, I think they. All Elliot could talk about is how great the Cowboys are. I feel like it's all he ever says to me. I did too, man. I'm just excited for a great matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys in the NFC East. Like, who wouldn't be excited for that? Let me tell you guys something. Dallas sucks. All right. (laughs) Uh, here's counterpoint. Actually, they don't, they and you do. should be a little scared nope, of them. Not they scared. should be a little scared. They of them. suck. All right, let's roll to what I probably the best matchup uh, outside of the Eagles is the uh, Rams. I would take, say even including the Eagles, probably. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Rams uh, at home. They were getting that lovely little three. It's uh, uh, being uh, you know the home favorites jumped down to two and a half. Um, everybody said Drew Brees' arm was dead, uh, but maybe a 40-year-old quarterback just needs to warm up the old rifle for a half as uh, they had a, had a little fun game against Houston on Monday night. This is, I'm sure, if it was... I don't know why they didn't schedule this in New Orleans. The NFL is the really stupid ball. about it. Uh, but, uh, Elliot, who do you like in this one? The Saints are soft. Um, I'm picking the Rams. They're my Super Bowl team. I think this is like the Saints are going to be an emotional wreck heading into this game. Uh, I just I think the Rams take take uh, take the win. Ha! Ring the bell! No, just no, no. Look, the Saints have never wanted to win a football game more than they want to beat the Rams. The Rams are hanging out. They don't really care that much. Sure, they'd like to win, but they don't have their entire city's hopes and dreams riding on this game. The Saints win. The Saints win easy. I think this is a stone cold one team wants it way fucking more, and the Saints win and cover. Have you ever seen Sean Payton mad and revengeful before? Because I have, and this is going to be a blowout. I think the New Orleans Saints are absolutely going to boat race the Rams and no one's going to know what happened. And all of a sudden, all of your fantasy teams with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees are just going to go, yep, that was a good week. I like the Saints and I like them by like 20. I think it's I think it's that type of game. All right, fellas, let's get to the nitty gritty here. Eagles are a one and a half point favorites heading into Atlanta Sunday night football. Um, it uh, opened as a pick which I think is very Lines telling you something. interesting. There Lines too, telling you something. And it shifted over to the Eagles. I, th- listen, I, as I've been saying, the Eagles are a better team. They have a much more talented offense. They, I mean, Dirk Cutter, I don't know why the fuck they thought that would work, but, I mean, didn't they watch what was going on in Tampa Bay and why he got fired in the first place? I know it's familiarity, but, man, I mean, they've made such poor decisions. I think Dan Quinn has made such poor decisions. Um, yes, do, do I like the Falcons? Wide receivers against the uh, the Eagles secondary. Yes, we've seen that time and time again. The quietest Julio Jones, one forty seven and a touchdown or whatever it is. I think the Eagles are a much better football team than the Atlanta Falcons. This is just simply by feel. It is not by scientific evidence. It's not by anything. For some reason, this is just going to get screwed up somehow. And I think they lose by like a field goal. So. Look, I uh, th- like I said before, it feels like this is a type of game where 
everyone just thinks the Eagles are going to lose it because it's the game they lose. I mean, yeah. you know, I literally, I've heard everyone, whether it's Ray Dinger or Ross Tucker or John Ritchie or John freaking Barchard, <laughs> all these people just keep saying, well, you know, it's, it's a tough spot for them. Atlanta needs it more. And sure, they do and all that. The Eagles are a better football team. Clearly. They're, the line is heading their way for a reason. Smart people know the Eagles are just a better football team than the Falcons. Everyone's saying, oh, the Falcons will be way better. And yeah, they'll probably be better than they were last week. They might just not be that good. That's possible as well. Either way, I think the Eagles are better, and I think they go in and they win. So James just convinced me. Yes! I think, ah! I think I'm going <laughs> to. Yes! Smart yeah. man. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we can talk about the intangibles, the other things like that. The Falcons were 4-9 and nine last year. Like, I mean, they might just not be very good. I had this on a loss as a loss on the schedule when it first came out, but I think sometimes we think the Falcons are better than they are. The Eagles are better in every single way. They're they're better they on offense. They're better on defense. They have a better head coach. Yep. And unless Carson completely shits the bed, they're better at quarterback. Carson's the number one reason I'm hesitant, but I'm Carson's I'm the, the number one reason I'll why take you're it. hesitant. I'll take it. I'll Man, take you might have yeah, just convinced me reason. just by you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number yeah. one reason. Um, well, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Again, I always I hope I'm wrong, but uh, uh, I think it's uh, it'll be fun to talk about. Regardless, we'll see you on the post game show for that. Before then, we'll see you Saturday on Go Birds Radio, uh, one to three on WIP. Where I'm sure uh, we got to open up this Dallas Cowboys thing a little more, man. Oh gosh, because like it's just I'm telling you guys. Yeah, uh, I can't can... wait to fight with you guys on Saturday. That should be a fun Saturday. <laughs> I would just like to say, on the preview pod, when I said all of these things about Dallas, where were you then, Barcher? That's a good and point, I too. That's a good I said, point. I said I was in the middle between you One guys. One of the two of us likes to stick to his guns in here. <laughs> yeah, well, I see Dak Prescott with that new freaking offensive yeah, coordinator. Against the secondary with me playing out there. Yeah. I mean, guys yeah, but are running, what about Wentz's performance, running wide open. Wentz threw balls into tight holes. At least Wentz made some throws oh, where I was like, on. wow, that yeah, was a fucking fair. great throw. That's Dak fair. Prescott was throwing the guys running wide open down the field. It was literally <laughs> like they was weren't Deshaun? covering them. Deshaun, Deshaun was wide open. Not nearly as wide open as Amari Cooper was with like no 40 yards of freedom. <laughs> well, we'll uh, talk about this on yeah, Saturday. plenty to get into, plus injury updates and all that coming on Saturday. For uh, Elliot Shore Parks and James Seltzer, I'm John Barcher. This is Go Birds number 110 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds! Go Birds!